0: Welcome to the Hear Her Roar podcast. What's up, loveys? I'm Sean. And I'm Alexa. And on the Hear Her Roar podcast, we talk about and hear from some of the rad women in sport, highlighting the trailblazers, game changers, and dominant forces who deserve some time in the spotlight.
1: Hear Her Roar is a space for female athletes to have their say and bring up their perspective on the experiences and challenges from within their sport. And Beyonce might come up here and there as well. It's going to be fun.
0: So let's get into it. On today's episode of the podcast, we are going to be talking to the lovely Berkeley Brown. Tell us about Berkeley, Alexa.
1: Let me tell you about Berkeley. So I've known Berkeley since she was wee little human, um, but she's super, super cool. She's a mogul skier, just to give you an idea of what her career's been like. She was born in two thousand, which means she's. 20 now, about to be 21 in June or July. I always mix those two up, but she made the Ontario mogul team at the age of 12. From what I know in the sport, I'm pretty sure she was at least one of the youngest athletes to ever make a provincial team. So that just gives you an idea to how talented this girl is. And she went on to make the national team in 2017. So such a cool human, my favorite ginger, I love her.
0: I love her to death.
1: So please enjoy
0: Miss Berkeley Brown. I just pressed record as you were describing bangs. Oh, but... <laughs> well, we're back. And we're, and back. we're back. Yes, yes we yeah. are back. We are ready at the top.
1: Ready for a chat. I, all I hear when you do that is Dave.
2: Ella no, it's the, movies. it's the announcer from the Vancouver 2010 Olympics. It was like, Canada, are you ready? Cause we are ready to top.
1: Or, um, <laughs> you know, Sundrin's mom, Sandrine and Elliot's mom. Yeah. Um, oh my God. I have it like ingrained in my brain. Anytime she was announcing is like, uh, on piste alexa chick
2: yeah she's like <laughs> on piste on course brown
1: <laughs> i have it ingrained in my memory yeah
2: and it was a, uh, it was crystal hamill's mom that was the announcer for the longest time when she was competing as well and right. it was like the most in bouncing comb and Komen, it was a Toi, deux,
0: oh <laughs> I don't know who does the announcing for any of like I, I don't know who does some of the announcing for the Star, but I love it when we go to Quebec I'm like oh I wish they could just like commentate for me all the time it's,
1: it's to always be the moms too right like the moms are just like so enthusiastic I love yeah, it yeah and
0: they're
2: yeah it's it's they're awesome hilarious. I love when you like recognize an announcer yeah it's cool yeah <laughs> so funny i don't know what's what's the start for sorry off top what's the start for slope style like do they just say judge is ready and then you go or
0: they say judge is ready and then like the guy at the top is like uh like athlete ready and mm-hmm. then they say three two one go or like or they just say go i don't know like i've never really paid that much attention
1: because well, it's not it's not timed so i guess
0: it's like less structured in Timber Tours, like, sometimes they'll just be like, okay, three, two, one, go. But I feel like at Canada kind of Cups and NORAMs, they're just like, athlete ready, like when the athlete's ready. And then you go and when then, you do you. Yeah, and then just you do you go when you feel like it. You go, Glencoco. Coco. <laughs> Excellent Mean Girls reference there. I appreciated that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember. I was on like I think
2: on Southern Ontario team and the older girls or guys were watching Mean Girls and they're like you can't watch it it's not you're not old enough
1: it's not appropriate
2: <laughs>
0: Mean Girls is always appropriate
1: <laughs> it's always going yeah. it to be attached to my identity because my birthday is October
2: 3rd oh. oh and that's when it's like what's the date yeah
1: <laughs> it's always going to be attached to my identity
2: Yeah, what's the date oh. I mean, on
1: October 3rd I asked it what the date was <laughs> It's
2: October 3rd. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Anyways, we should probably do like, you know, a little introduction, you know, who is here. Oh, yeah,
2: we're really restarting. We are
0: restarting. We're starting again. We had some technical difficulties earlier today, (laughs) caused by me, of course. Classic. Well, they weren't caused
1: by you specifically, they were caused by (laughs) Belle.
0: Damn it, Belle Canada. Can't you just make my internet work properly? (laughs) I think I think we we
2: we pushed our limits you know we tried to wake up early and and be productive but it just said hey you know what you guys should stick to your
0: afternoon plans just don't do anything in the morning
1: (sighs) yeah well and I remember like we we mentioned that like usually the internet's better in the morning
0: (laughs) yeah totally jinxed it (laughs) anyway today we have the lovely Berkeley Brown joining us. Hi, Berkeley. Favorite ginger. Hello.
2: Our favorite ginger. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. I am so, so excited and also so excited for everyone out there listening that this podcast is being made because this is going to be the start of great, great things. So I'm super, super stoked to be the first guest here. This
0: is so awesome. (laughs) <laughs> and our first cheerleader as well, because oh, yeah. uh, I felt like you were the first person to post on your Instagram when we, like, kind of announced the, you know, the podcast, so.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was. I saw here Roar, and I was like, oh, my gosh, and yelled to my teammate and good friend, Sophia, and I was like, this is going to be something. <laughs> this is going to be good. That's what we're hoping, <laughs> at least. <laughs> yeah. We're hoping. Oh, yeah. Manifesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Damn right. Mm-hmm. Damn right. All right. So let's just get straight into it um
0: i know right let's get let's get intense uh we need to get serious guys no more laughing yeah (laughs) okay that doesn't work on
1: my end but (laughs) um, uh backstory where did you grow up what kind of things were you into as a kid and how did you get into skiing
2: sweet yeah so um i'm 20. I grew up in King City, Aurora, and um, I started mobile skiing when I was seven, but I was on the skis right as a very young age with my family. I started skiing at Beer Valley Ski Club, went right into their jumps and bumps program, and then kind of Southern Ontario team, then Ontario team. But um, as a kid, I was super, super athletic. It was hard for me to choose what sport to do at a young age. I kind of did everything and everything in school. And uh, I was really fortunate that I had the opportunity to kind of do soccer, volleyball, gymnastics. And gymnastics was, I think, the one sport that gave skiing a run for its money at some point in my life. (laughs) Um, I definitely was super into that. But I realized I just don't think I had the talent in that, <laughs> but I did have fun and that's all that matters at well, that age. And it but it did um, <laughs> totally
1: benefit your like I remember you competing when you were like teeny tiny and you just had this like wicked Cossack, and your legs would go way past like a flat
2: angle.
1: <laughs> you were just this flexy yeah. little kid.
2: Everybody was like, just wait, just watch this, watch this, watch how like <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, the Kozak was definitely my signature jump there for a bit before uh before I realized I should probably get a spin or a flip <laughs> it or something. I want. I wish I could have taken that all the way up to World Cup now, but Berkeley um, classic. The sport has evolved, but um I think it's funny. I see uh, some photos of me as a kid and I there's no way I could do that now. So gymnastics. I have thank you. <laughs> one. In fact
1: before this, I actually sent it to Sean. And oh, I yeah. sent it to you. This wasn't, it was like one of our mutual former ski buddies had shared it and I sent it to you and I was like, what a throwback. Um, yeah, there it is <laughs> <laughs> from, I think that was from like 2013 or something like that. And oh we were on a timber tour at Calabogie
2: <laughs> and we stayed at Jocko's Beach <laughs> Yeah, you did yeah you did and i just remember making a jingle every time everyone was like how was your day and i was like it was great but i'm staying at jacko's <laughs> and everyone thought i was so weird
0: i wonder if it's still around i don't know it is It, totally it is. is. Nice. um
2: but yeah shout yeah, out to jock so Beach we resort. will
0: post if, with your permission, ladies, because obviously the listeners can't see us, um, we'll post this on the Instagram for everyone to enjoy, because this is a classic. It really is. It needs to be oh posted. My gosh. It really is. Yes, please. <laughs> Before
1: the <Yes>. come up. <laughs> the, it's the rags to riches in terms of like little fish to big fish story.
2: <laughs> yeah, little little did we know we would be sitting in a podcast, I don't know how many years later. But we were dueling back in Mm Kalaboke and that was Mm -hmm. awesome. I think
1: that's right before you got on to OMT too.
2: Yeah, I think that was when I was on the Southern Ontario team and you were on that Camp Fortune yeah, at the time. Along those lines. It right? was
1: either it was either yes, Calabogie yeah. or Northern Capital or North Oh yes wait, National Capital Region. That's the team that I was on. Whoa, CR, yeah. NCR, which NCR <laughs> I should remember because my dad kind of like made the whole thing. But um <laughs> Yes, Bruce. <laughs> shout out to Brucey. He's gonna be mentioned in every single one of these episodes. I swear. This is, this is true. <laughs> yes. Um Shout out to Bruce. Yeah, little rags to riches there. And then you made your way onto OMT when you were like 12, 13. You were this cool little prodigy that, you know, everybody (laughs) just knew who Berkeley Brown was because she was just this little tiny human, but she had the talent of like a 23 year old.
2: (laughs) Just to boost your ego, just right there. I'm not 23 yet. I'm skiing a bit better, <laughs> but <laughs> well, that just means at 23,
1: you're going to be like even more stellar than you are now.
0: Exactly.
2: Oh, wow. Well. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's very, very nice of you to say, that. yeah, I for sure was in this sport at a super, super young age. Um, I think that's, I think having the opportunity to go to senior nationals in Balsingcombe, that's kind of when I made the decision to take, uh, like mogul skiing kind of more seriously and kind of focused, um, just on mogul skiing and did that all the other sports uh, for sure. I was still doing sports in high school and doing gymnastics kind of on the side, but that one, I knew that mogul skiing, I was going to take competitively. And the other ones were kind of just for fun with friends and stuff, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, so that's I think you, Alexa, you were there also. Competing um, at the I time. never made
1: seniors before Ontario team so probably not but like let's just not gloss over the fact that you were 13 you were at senior nationals and you even made finals like you're going against national team athletes you're this tiny little like that's not something to just gloss over that's so impressive
2: yeah it was it was it was really cool i I just remember it was spring skiing it was skiing in a sweater just having so so much fun and it was my first time being coached um by the Ontario team coach at the time David Bellmer and he kind of just took me along because I had the points and um, ended up making finals which was so cool and I, my family was there as well because it was in Quebec so it was really easy for them to come watch and um it was slush bumps and everyone was just so so um nice and so welcoming and I think i the vibe was just awesome. And I think senior nationals, like to this day, is still my favorite event. Um, unfortunately, with COVID, like the past two years, we haven't had it. But I'm so, so looking forward to that this year. Um, it's like the best vibes, I would say. It's, and yeah, I think it's that's just a what, big
1: celebration. Like it's the end of the season. It's like basically the final comp of like everybody's season. And it's just a huge, like, victory party, essentially
2: yeah so i think and that's what also made me like fall in love with the sport as well because just like it was my first real mogul skiing event and the vibes were just so high and everyone was just so welcoming and i was like wow this is a really cool culture and family to be a part so that's i was like this i'm all in i'm all in for mogul skiing and then uh, that winter i made the ontario team when i was thirteen. right
1: and that was also the same year that you unfortunately tore your first acl um, which yes. I remember the video <laughs> and it's, it's kind of a really crazy scene. Cause you're, um, I think had you just, you had just done top air or bottom air or something like that. Right. And you landed bottom, bottom air. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you landed and then you kind of like catch an edge. You veer off to the side where all the control gates are and you catch one of your skis into the middle of, of the control gate and it just like and they're supposed to be breakaway yeah. gates like they're supposed to when you glide into them they come out and this one just did not and it, it took you for a little ride so why don't you tell us about that yeah
2: thank you bamboo <laughs> uh, I appreciate it um yeah for sure I, I think it also just came along with it was my first, first big competition. And I just remember it was a Noram. It was my first one. And I remember going to bottom air, just going a bit too quick for mm. a 13 year old on that course. <laughs> and, um, I just remember being like, Whoa, what is happening? And I just shot off the bottom air from a front tuck. Cause I wish I had that, uh, guts I didn't not, don't have those guts anymore <laughs> but um I just like flew off the bottom of the air landed with my head and my knees stood up and there was the bamboo in front of me one leg in one leg out and um the leg that didn't make it in the bamboo just took all my weight and I ended up tearing my knee at a very young age <laughs> but um yeah and with that being young it, it caused a bit more stress on to how I should come back from that but it was definitely a a good welcome to the sport for sure,
1: well, and there was a lot more to it after the fact too, because being thirteen a lot of thir- like there's not a whole lot of thirteen year olds to take their ACL and so you had to go to a specialist in Boston who worked on ACLs for children specifically um, because there was no one in Canada that was really willing to do the surgery on such a young kid.
2: Yeah, exactly. So for sure, there's, there's many great surgeons in Canada. And I know that now as well, because, you know, if you guys listen up a little longer, you'll hear I have another ACL story coming. So <laughs> um, but at the time being 13, I was, um, there was there was the worry that my left leg and my right would be different lengths. And I knew that sport was something that I would be consumed by for like many more years of my life. And I'm, very grateful that my parents kind of saw that too and just set out to find like a specialist that um, specialized in this surgery that allows the ligament to grow with you. I'm not a surgeon. I don't really know the extent (laughs) of anything else after that, but I just knew I had to um, go there. So um, so yeah so that was also uh, a big thing going to Boston and I was and then I got checked up on in, in um, Canada for my monthly visits and they called called me like the USA girl and I remember being <laughs> so nervous and shy and thinking, I'm sorry I just had to That's I, such I promise betrayal <laughs> <Such> betrayal. <laughs> such betrayal I just I just remember being like in my mind when uh, a doctor said that comment I just said mom like I don't know if we made the right choice. I'm so sad. I went to the U S oh. <laughs> and my mom was like, no, no, don't worry. It was the best thing for your knee. And now looking back, I'm really happy because my knee's been put through a lot since then. So who knows, who knows what would have happened if I, if I did not so knock on wood.
0: I'm, uh, I'm interested to hear about your second injury because I had no idea coming into this podcast that you had had two ACL injuries. So I think like For me, like, I want to hear, you know, what was your second ACL injury? You know, how did you approach that? What did you learn from your first one to take into your second one? And kind of just jive in from there, I think.
2: Awesome. Yeah, so my second one um came right after my first full season with the national team so i had the little glimpse of world cup starts and i was heading into my last training camp um before the world cup season in zermatt so uh it kind of came as a shock for sure i definitely don't i still I learned a lot from, um, my injury. I ended up doing a back full on top air and just sliding into a bump, a bump and it just kind of popped. I heard a pop and I kind of knew I was like, Whew, all right. And I, I definitely was young my last time, but it kind of did feel the same. You know, it kind of feels
1: right. You're like, mm, that's familiar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we don't need to go into that. Cause honestly it, it, injuries it's, it's different for everyone, but, um, like how it feels, but, um, yeah, I, I knew it. I kind of knew, I kind of said, this is something that's wrong with my knee so came down got an mri and um uh yeah it was confirmed that i tore my acl thankfully this time around it was just my acl and then when they went in there was no other damage which is awesome um the one before i did have my meniscus which i had to not walk i just remember not being able to walk for the first couple weeks Well, this one i was kind of able to start walking on it right away um, to a certain extent, <laughs> um, your knee's blown up. It's not really um, comfortable to walk on right away. <laughs> but I think knowing going into it in my mind, I kind of said to myself, "You know what? Like, I kind of know what I'm in for." Um, but I think being at a higher level than my first knee, I, I definitely was in for more than I thought. <laughs> um, mm. I, I look back at when I was 13, and I put a lot of hours into the gym, but it also was a learning experience in that. I was 13, and when I went out to the hill to train and stuff, I was still having fun. It was not really. Sorry, (laughs) I'm still having fun. When I was 13, (laughs) (laughs) when I was 13, and I I had my knee surgery, I um, and coming back from rehab, I realized kind of, you know, warm up and stretches and rehab and gym time that goes into being an athlete as well. So, um, but a second time around, when I was 18, I kind of still had the same realization again that the hours I was putting in is, is a lot, but oh my gosh, now there's more. So Mm -hmm. um, I think that was something that, that was, sorry, I hit a clip there. That was something that I realized too, was um, that the rehab was the same in many ways, but also a lot more intense, if that Mm. makes sense.
1: And did it have, like, because it was now basically your job, I'd assume that's how you describe mogoskiing. It's your job. Mm-hmm. Um, did it feel that there was like a lot more at stake in the second one compared to when you were 13 and it mogul skiing was like a very large part of your life, but it wasn't your whole life. Cause you were still going to school and you still, you know, hanging out with friends at home and doing gymnastics and stuff like that. Like, is there, you know, a slightly different mentality that that went into both of those scenarios?
2: Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, with my first one, it was kind of, finding rehab, like finding time to do rehab when I could in between lunch breaks and such versus my second time, it was finding time to do anything else but rehab. So that was definitely (laughs) the change. (laughs) So I would be going down to Scarborough and I was very, very um, grateful to have such an amazing support team at CSI that got me through my injury, like my um, physiotherapist, Kylie Gibson, who, you know, Alexa and my trainer, Coach Kiri. So, um, also, who yeah. I know. <laughs> so we I you was
0: Coach Carrie. We love you, Coach <laughs> Carrie. Yeah. So uh,
2: I, I was really grateful by the end of my recovery that I was I, I recovered very, very well. And I, I was really, really happy. But um, during it, though, there's just a lot more at stake as into it's not um, rehab isn't like a sorry, I'm trying to find the words you don't. Like I said before, I was my time schedule was physiotherapy and gym. And then everything else was kind of if I had time for it. So I think that really made me put the hours into the gym and love the sport because I wanted to get back as best as I could. And when I was getting into my boots, I wanted to be like the fittest I was and mentally prepared and my knee want to be strong. I didn't want to have any doubts at all. So um, there was really no time to spare, which it was awesome for me. I, I loved the sport so much that I really enjoyed rehab if that makes sense. <laughs> um, well, you found
1: it motivating obviously.
2: Yeah, I found it like extremely it- motivating and um it was it was to the point where once you're back into sport, which we can jump in after, it's like a weird switch because you're consumed by getting something, like you're getting your knee back perfectly and then yeah. it's like okay, I'm back. The journey ends. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I'm back. Uh but that journey was um it, it it definitely showed a lot about myself and that I, I, this is what I want to do. And like, I'm fully committed. So.
0: I think, uh, what really like strikes me listening to this is like your resilience as an athlete, like to be 13 and to have to put so much dedication into your rehab and like, to then come back and then do it a second time over, like some athletes wouldn't be able to do that, you know, there's so much resilience required to pull yourself through that rehab process, and and it's not just a physical, you know, the physical side of it either, like there's, you know, those feelings of missing out on what everybody else is doing, and feeling like you're falling behind, and the mental, you know, the mental aspects of, of those additional things that happen when you have an injury so I'm just like I'm really struck by how you know how brave you are to to have like gone through all of this and come out the other side and now you're like you know looking towards the Olympics I hope
2: (laughs) yes yeah and uh, so yeah I did do my knee kind of at the beginning of a block there like a four-year block that I was training for the upcoming games Um, Mm -hmm. but I think for sure it was really mentally hard to just like put your blinders on go to rehab um not really focus on um the competitions that are happening that you're missing because it was going to be my first world cup tour so i was really looking forward to it and also um my really good friend and teammate sofiane was um she made the team with me she was on ontario team with me and she was kind of going through that and i was super supportive but it was also like whoa like we were supposed to do that together like come on it's
1: (laughs) hard to you want to be both like super super encouraging because you don't ever want to take that experience away from her but at the same time you're like you're kind of in that bummed state of like man i'm supposed to be up there with her i'm supposed to do that i was i was
2: super stoked for her though like we i'm very 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 grateful that we have such a good um bond that we are like pushing ourselves in the gym but also best friends off the hill and everything and she actually unfortunately did her ACL six months after me so we had a lot to bond over in the way that kind of coming back into sport um, you know the extra like hour that you have to do after skiing because you have a knee that you need to um prepared for the next day that I was happy to have her alongside and the extra little physio exercises and we did it together and um so yeah I was really really grateful not grateful that we both did our knees but grateful that we had our, each other through that journey for part of it exactly
1: <laughs> yeah being able to like lean on each other and and learn from each other's experiences while you're going through it like it's less lonely in that sense
2: yeah exactly yeah and it's even to this day though it's your knee still um, like your injury still follows you. Like even when you're back, like there's still little things that. Not necessarily. I'm very grateful that my knee doesn't bother me, knock on wood anymore. But it's little things that. Um, it's like, oh, like, what if I was there that summer? Or what if I was there? Or like, what if I did that competition and stuff like that? So it's always nice to have that person to be like, oh, yo, so like, did you feel that today too? And she's like, yeah, I did. Or just like the little things like that. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, I'm really grateful for that.
0: It sounds like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of value to you in the relationships that you have with your other female teammates, and I know that Alexa has spoken about this a little bit about you know how she viewed you as a teammate because you guys. How long did you guys ski together on OMT for? It was only two
1: years because the third year that I was
0: OMT was the year that Sophie and Burks bumped up to national team. Ah, okay, mm-hmm. but I, I think like the value in those like the importance of those relationships is like super key. So I'd be really intrigued to see, to hear about how you guys, uh, you know, how you guys influence each other. Well,
1: it was, it was so cool because I mean, when we were competing together on, on the Ontario team, um, and himself, like in every other thing that they've done since being teammates, they are like always pushing each other, staying together wherever they are so you know the same thing happened when we were on ONT. is they would be podiuming one and two at like every single comp canada cup noram you name it and um you know myself i'm a little more at the back of the pack um <laughs> but you know and it in some senses people might see that as like you know i was living in their shadow or something like that but it, how i felt about it was i had something that nobody else had. I had this amazing privilege to learn from and be motivated by the best. Like I was training with, living with, you know, competing with the absolute best. And I found such immense learning in that. I found so much motivation in that. Like I would go into the gym being like, okay, if Burks and Sofa are squatting this much, I gotta squat this much too. Like I <laughs> it pushed me. No, it really did. Like it pushed me to be my very best in the gym, on the hill, that kind of thing. And it was just like I think a lot of people saw it as like, uh, Lex is like, you know, yeah, just over here. Um, but I thought there was like this, like I had like this secret that nobody else knew about. And it was like, I had these two that I was learning from and it was just to me that was just such a privilege like I absolutely adored being able to learn from you guys
0: oh
2: oh my gosh you're too kind Alexa (laughs) 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 um I'm honestly it's it means a lot and honored that we were um that's how you viewed us in your eyes that's that's awesome and I'm really grateful that we impacted your mogul um mogul skiing career in that way and was there Mm -hmm. for you but um, it's crazy though, how, like uh, Sean said, like it's having, um, teammates and not just girls, but girls in general though, to be there for each other and just support. Cause when you have such a great environment, it's really easy for you to go in the gym and be like, yeah, you know, this is just a gym session. This isn't the favorite, the best thing to do when you're, you want to go and just ski. But if you're in this gym se- session and you're surrounded by two girls that are super keen to just kick butt in the gym and improve on everything like I had Alexa. And so if the vibe is just insane and you want to be better and you want to do better. So it's crazy. And We had a
1: lot of fun. Yeah. We really so did. much fun. <laughs> and,
2: and, like for me like alexa was always there with the most positive energy being like ready to dance you know if it's cloudy she would be dancing and um <laughs>
1: and she's speaking to my uh, little pre-comp ritual
2: which... <laughs> yes but yeah just in general alexa was um such a mom for me on the team you know making like like getting me through school and making sure <laughs> i was i was ready to go and because i was pretty young and. Um, so, yeah, it, it's crazy how everyone really views people in different ways and takes um, the best and shows the best from each other. So like, I thank Alexa for that, too, because like there's Ontario was I was on Ontario for those three years and she definitely made them um, the best because I could just focus on my training because there wasn't like stresses going back to the house. Like we're having fun with the girls, which is awesome. So it's yeah I'm so
0: in the feels <laughs> yeah right oh my gosh so in i the was the gonna feels. say you guys are just like getting me like super <laughs> emotional right
2: now and we just pan our our thrillers and dances that we all did and
1: <laughs> oh my goodness i still i still have them too Maybe we should even do one at the end of this podcast. We'll do one like over the webcams. We'll make a TikTok.
0: <laughs> we need some some nostalgia. I love it. I was going to say, I haven't known either of you as long as you guys have known each other, but I have got to say, you know, when I first met you, Berkeley, the vibe that I got from you, I remember you. So we met at Momentum. Yes. And... I remember you getting on the bus when I picked you up from the airport and you were just so jazzed. You were like, yeah, we're going to Momentum. Mm-mm, yeah. And you were like showing me your um, your wallets that you made. I always forget what they're called. Duct tape wallets. <laughs> Duct tape wallets that had like stickers <laughs> all over them. You were like, are there going to be stickers at the office? And I was like, no. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, there'll be stickers. <laughs> oh my <laughs> you gosh. You were just so, your vibe was just always so high. And like every morning you were so like, when you came to breakfast, you were just like pumped and so excited. And like, it didn't matter what the weather was like, you had, you you just had that positivity and all the girls at Girls We just like vibed off of that positivity oh, yeah, like, like they I wanted said, to everyone, you. <laughs> everyone knew
1: who Berkeley Brown was because you would just have yeah. this infectious energy about you. So true. Oh you. So oh, true. Wow. And oh, wow. Uh,
0: you got like <laughs> I, I didn't I haven't had the opportunity to like work with you as a as an athlete and a coach because you know, I'm in the wrong spot side of the sport yeah come <laughs> on what is this you guys were making me super jealous with all your talk of senior nationals so I was like I want to go to senior nationals <laughs> <laughs> it's just so unfair why don't we have something like this um, <laughs> but like I got to like experience that at Momentum with you guys and Aww. yeah like just kept me on my toes I tell you <laughs> mm. yeah I mean I, I
2: definitely I was uh one could say obnoxious. But,
0: you know, you never. could also
2: view it as positive and spunky. <laughs> exactly. But, um, I, quirky? Quirky? Uh, annoying? No. Um, I, I,
0: I will never forget you guys creating your Musical.ly videos in the hallway and I'd just be like walking down the hallway and you'd be like diving out of rooms like (laughs) doing like moves and like you'd be climbing on things and I'm like what are they doing what is going on here and you're like singing to Taylor (laughs) Swift and you're like just bouncing around all over the the video and I was like I have to work I'm sorry (laughs) well
2: thank you for not shutting us down because that was lots, oh, never. lots of fun momentum was never the best time of my entire life <laughs> honestly I love momentum anyone that's listening go to momentum um it is
0: come hang out with us at momentum. yeah <laughs> yes.
2: girls week is so so fun and um I still have friendships like to this day from that camp so it's it's awesome so
0: I can safely say that like Momentum is the reason that I am friends with the both of you, you know, mm-hmm. the fact that the relationships that we have really started there and, and developed from there and like year after year seeing you guys and and watching you guys grow and and grow as athletes and now Alex is a coach and, and <laughs> works on the national team. And it's just like, wow, you guys have come so far and it's really exciting to see See what's next. That's what it's I'm like an for. evolution, but it also
1: applies to you because, I mean, when we're at Momentum, you're the medic. You're the one that's ready to take... Safety Sean somebody, is my official Safety name, Sean. Safety Sean. Thing, yeah. Which is actually how we met. We've gone over this in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like a very unfortunate meeting, but also like the best meet cute. Yeah. Um. Sure. But yeah, so you were like, you're the medic and... Because you're the medic, you're not necessarily skiing a whole lot. You're kind of like, you're just like, you're prepared and ready to go. So to see you come from that and then move on into coaching, moving on into like owning your own ski club, which is Agenda, like it's just this cool, the fact that our community is so small,
2: Mm -hmm. you just
1: get to see humans evolve Mm -hmm. and it's,
0: it's really neat. It's really cool. Stony, so, so awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love, honestly, it take me back to being <laughs> on the top of a mental hill. Bumps. Slush bumps. You know. Slush bumps
1: and sunburns. Let's go.
0: Sean's saying, get to the
2: horseman hut
0: before lunch is
2: over now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For God's sake, has, have you not had lunch yet? What is wrong with like, you? Sorry. Are there any
2: cookies left? Like, sorry, Rory's making me build a jump.
0: <laughs> oh. so talking about like the evolution of us as humans and specifically evolution e- evolution the- evolution. that's how i say it. i say it evolution it evil. sounds like you're saying like evil evolution evolution i don't know it's just the way i speak we all know i'm a bit <laughs> odd i um, love it talking about the evolution or evolution depending on how you say the word um, <laughs> of you as an athlete berkeley i'm interested to find out you know, you were injured, your second injury was a year into being on the national team. And how far was that? And you said you joined the national team at the beginning of a quad. So for those who don't know, a quad is like leading into like every four years, we have the Olympics. So those four years are our quad. Mm -hmm. Like, how are you? How is like the injury situation affecting your thoughts and feelings about like the future and the Olympics and what's next? You know, those kinds of things. Um, Yeah like now or while it happened? While it happened and then like how you know how that's developed I think.
2: Um, Yeah so when it happened I think knowing that I I did go through it before I knew that there was a light at the end of the tunnel for sure Um, but it also I I knew I had to work a lot harder to get back because I am missing like a, a good practice season as one would say in like the um, grand scheme of things on world cup it it would be like the one season you know you're getting um the starts in you're getting the experience of being on tour, you're figuring out the time changes, you're figuring out the courses and um and just you know it's a it's a big step up with the, the playing field in the game so I think um knowing that and looking back at it now it's still like whoa, well, like I didn't have that uh like that intro season <laughs> i was th- so coming back from the knee, I knew I had to kind of. Get right to it, um, but then heading into my season, coming back from my knee—you know—the classic comeback season that everyone says. I was the 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 team was really nice, and sorry, not really nice. The team was super supportive in knee injuries, and they did not rush me back at all. And they never—I never had that pressure on my shoulders that I had to go out there and perform. And I was super grateful that I could kind of just focus on my knee and my comeback that way. So I think um, I was. I think I not I think with the knee injury and how supportive the team was, I was really able to focus on my knee, focus on my mind, focus on my recovery and not results. And I think that was a really huge aspect in my recovery and how I kind of look back at it. And it wasn't like a stressful, stressful time for me, um, obviously stressful in the way of like uh, recovery as in, you know, your first jump, your first uh time back on snow you're first getting your knee fully flexed getting your like walking running the first time that is super stressful but I meant coming back and focusing on results and spots and everything I felt very uh, relieved that the team didn't throw that pressure on me so I kind of had like a good comeback I would say for stress wise
0: yes that's awesome that's Mm -hmm. really good to hear because I think sometimes it's like if you feel like you've missed out, like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm behind, like I've fallen behind rushed, and yeah. yeah, you feel rushed. And like that mm. can lead to more, you know, maybe not as a successful recovery or mm. more injury, you know? So that's really fantastic that you had that, you know, you felt that you had that environment to actually like take the time mm. and, and really recover properly so that you could be in a good position going into like the final two years of that the final three years of that quad. So Yeah, exactly. But
1: now we're in the final year of the quad. Yeah. Which is super exciting. Woo! I'm sure. Also, I'm sure it's also a little bit like intimidating, but super, super exciting. And I mean, this must be kind of we're like, we're not quite there yet to the point where people are qualifying for Olympics and what have you. Um But I'm sure getting up to that point and being in the position that you're in where that is now like a potential reality, how cool does it feel or or what is your um, thoughts on how – like growing up as a kid, that's always what you have wanted, right? Like same Mm -hmm. thing with me watching Jennifer Hileski, sitting there dreaming of being an Olympian and all that kind of stuff. That is the dream. So how does it feel – being kind of at the the gateway
2: to that um you know it's you you, i don't uh. (laughs) honestly keep that in because that's a great example of how i'm feeling
0: i was gonna say that sounds like you're feeling panicked i i sense (laughs) panic
2: here no um (laughs) it's not panic at all i think the biggest thing that that um that i'm grateful for is I'm using the word grateful. The biggest thing that I'm happy about going and seeing if I was to look back at where I am right now is that I'm in the best place that I should be right now for me. And that's kind of all you can really focus on is like the day by day. And what what are you doing today that's making you better tomorrow? And as cliche as that sounds, but you really have to. like yeah. if I take a step back and I look and it's like, well, this is what my goal has been since I was a kid. Like I am in like the preseason training for the games like we are here but you have to just kind of like narrow that tunnel and I'm like whoa I've had a knee injury I recovered the best I could I'm my knee is healed knock on wood I'm feeling prepared for that now what's next is like my body's in a good place check mark I did the best I could there so now it's just focusing on the day-to-day things and hoping you know just trying your best each day I think that's the biggest thing it's not really a stressful thing it's more just what can you control and how are you controlling it
1: well I'm super stoked to see you in Me the Olympics too. you so team Berkeley. Maya all the girls oh my god it's gonna be so fun
0: <laughs> I'm gonna make a poster like a banner and I'm gonna we're gonna be you're gonna, we're gonna be your cheerleaders a hundred and ten percent yeah
1: anytime anytime I see your results anytime I see you pop up on like CBC sports or something like that yeah. I am like overwhelmed with pride like it's just it's such
0: awesome. going back
1: to this whole mom energy that I have <laughs> um it's it's really kind of so cool to have seen you as such a tiny kid and then see you on this screen and seeing how amazing of an athlete that you have become And just like watching you ski is just such a thrill for me because I know what it's taken to get there. I know I've seen, you know, the process that you've had to go through. So I am overwhelmed with pride all the time, which is why I post about you guys all the time. Because I just have this, like, oh, thanks, I have this love energy that I'm like, oh, my little children.
2: Oh, thanks.
1: <laughs> they made it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're still so, I'm. Um- there's still a lot to do. There's still a lot of competitions leading up and everything to qualify. And there's it's uh, Team Canada's killing it right now, and everyone's oh gosh, doing so yes. so well. And I, like you said, though, like your everyone is just so supportive and. Um, through all stages of the sport everyone is there for you and I think that's what makes this process so fun because it's it's everyone's there and it's it's um it's a vibe as one would say
0: it's more it, <laughs> for sure. yes. I have, yeah I have two kind of questions to to lead off of this hmm. well um, I guess I can uh, I can amalgamate it into one question Berkeley um if you like what would you say to your past self like you no. Know, now being where you are, like, what would be like one piece of advice that you would give to your past self, and maybe, maybe to young female athletes who are listening, who are like, you know, one day I want to go to the Olympics. Like, what would be your kind of key thing to to you know that your piece of wisdom that you would give to them?
2: Um, I think I would say enjoy the process and the journey. I would say don't really focus on results. I think sport gives you so much more than you know a medal or a banner or uh, a placing or a time or a jump score i think there's so many aspects that i look back to and it's like i'm traveling to all these places and just really take a step back and embrace everything that sport's giving you versus the obviously it's amazing the feeling you have when you're on top of the podium and that's that's something that um that I still to this day is, is the best feeling in the world. But I think everything leading up to that, like being on the podium feels so good because the process that got you there is
1: made it worth it, made it
2: worth it. And it's so fun. That I, I really truly believe that if you head into sport with the intention of um, building a family enjoying every moment, enjoying everything that it's really such a great process and yes, Every, sport brings a lot of stress and, every, and there's so many things and it's a, it's a different journey for every everyone. And I was grateful that I had friends going through the sport, but I think the biggest thing is to, to look at, yes, your goal, your end goal, but embrace the journey to get there. Don't skip over that part or don't blur it out. Like really take mm-hmm. a step back and take in every moment that you can. Mm-hmm.
0: I've got to say one thing I take away from like listening to you is like, you know, value those relationships as well. Like the people that you get to meet, the people you get to interact with, like, you know, there's so much opportunity there to like mm-hmm. with the relationships and the friendships and especially like those female friendships. I think, you know, it's for some athletes in this sport they're not readily available but it sounds like you had an amazing experience an amazing opportunity like when it was you and Alexa and, and Soph and now just you and Soph I mean I know there are other female athletes on the team but mm-hmm, just like sure. <laughs> just that Maya relationship. Has me.
2: Um- <laughs> <laughs> no I think that I was um when I first made the national team there was Um, like Andy and Audrey who I looked up to tremendously and I just love how they um, trained every single day and I just love that they we had team dinners and they were really inclusive and it felt like a team and Alexander was there too it was just a very big team vibe and I think Mm -hmm. that's such a great aspect of sport is the team so I I really think that um it like like you said having like girls and guys too like i've had like like robbie for example um me and him um went from on, like southern ontario ontario team and national team together and um just had a great relationship through that as well so um friend relationship <laughs> <laughs> um, we get it sorry We're good sorry. um but however i think that's the biggest thing and I, I know there's like this weird stigma around girls and sport and i find that um sometimes people view and they're like how are you guys actually friends like come on like you guys aren't really friends right like you guys know there's no way that like, everybody come
1: expects on. us to be like backstabbing each other yeah right? exactly like, and
2: it's like oh like you're clapping that she won but are you really clapping that she won and i think yeah that is something that really needs to change And i'm st- don't get me wrong there's times like obviously when you lose and it happens it happens for sure but I think the biggest thing that um is respect for people and respect for like girls like I see a girl win or any teammate around me or any competitor. And it's like, Whoa, like that was awesome. Good for you. Like, I really respect that you did that. That was so cool. And Hey, like when I was walking to the grocery store the other day, like I saw you on a run, like good for you. You're trying to be the best athlete that you can be. So like if you're up there on the podium, you deserve to be there. And that's awesome. And I respect you for that. There's, there shouldn't be this like jealousy. There's, there's no time for that. And I think like, like I touched on before, looking back, um, on the sport like what should I tell people is like don't be jealous of people like if anything Mm -hmm. it's like it's awesome like you should use other people's victories as like motivation and it should be fun and the surroundings should be just like really good vibe and everything so don't I think the biggest thing is look at don't view it as a win or a loss it's like whoa like good for her she's like she's having so much fun I want to go have fun with her too so.
1: And that's definitely something that I experienced too. What like when I was an athlete with you and everything like that, um, was that there was this really cool energy of like, I want to be on the podium, but I also want you to be on the podium. I want you to be on the podium. Like it's like there's just this entire energy of we want everyone to be their best version of themselves, and we want everybody to have their moment um in the sun, and that was you know something that I really valued and cherished as an athlete. And it was very prevalent in the women that we were around, like all of the, we were a very tight knit group because there was only so many of us, of course, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a male dominated sport. There is only a smaller portion. So we become very tight knit. We become very much this, uh, this, our own community within a community as well. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to have that type of support around you and to be able to look at your competition as your friend and your support system is something that I absolutely adore, adore about the the small size of our community. Because I mm-hmm. think if our if our sport was a lot larger, I don't know whether we would have had that same um depth to our community so yeah I get the same I got the same feeling from it of just this wonderful energy of like Mm -hmm. you know I might be having a bad day but I'm never gonna take that away like take something away from another person just because I'm having a bad day like it's just such a wonderful warmth that I got and yeah I cherish that part
0: Mm -hmm. I I can't speak to moguls because I'm a slopestyle coach so Boo! Boo! Hit Voted off the island. <laughs> um. No. But I've got to say, like, that is the vibe of, of Slope. Like that has been that what that is what drew me in to this this sport and it is what has kept me here. Is like this is an individual sport, whether it's moguls or slope or pipe or whatever. It's individual, but we train as a team and we have these like this amazing community and these amazing relationships. And it's like such a unique thing in the sporting world like obviously team sports have that vibe of like family and support Mm -hmm. and friendship but not so many individual sports like I I wouldn't want to speak to specific ones but like I, I have heard many things like you know there's a lot of a lot more competitiveness than there is in in slope and not to say that we're not competitive we are we're all really competitive like you've made that very clear Berkeley like you're obviously your dream is to go to the Olympics and you want that you have that drive yeah you have that drive to get there and I think that drive doesn't need to be gone it's just if you can combine that with that supporting each other and having that team around you and and not just being like a lone wolf like I'm sure that's great for some people but I feel like we're all humans are very social people we like to hang out together mm-hmm. we like to do things together so yeah I think that's, sure. it sounds it sounds to me like that has really elevated you as an athlete too like the relationships that you've built and the experiences that you've been able to have and how that fun has added a, an additional element to your overall training and your overall like competitive experience thus far
2: yes I agree yeah for sure <laughs> yeah, it's 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 awesome. I I really um really do cherish like the friendships I've made in this sport, even on other teams as well, just the community in general and um don't get me wrong, it's it's a competitive sport. It's as you said, it's super competitive, but I'm happy that like once you're off the hill that that vibe does not um continue. It's mm-hmm. it's everyone on the hill is there to get um stuff done and compete and be the best version of yourself and then off the hill, it's let's go play spike ball. Let's go on a hike. Let's go, mm-hmm. um, hang out and just forget about sport for a bit and just enjoy the places we are in. So.
1: Well, and it's also really cool because at least from what I've experienced is that, um, for example, with you and me, like we've known each other since we were little. Um, but this is also, this is a friendship that we'll probably have forever. And it's, a. It's a relationship that is not necess- is very unique because the lifestyle that we had as athletes, the sport that we're in being so small as it is, um, there's just a very, very unique bond that stems from that. And it's something that just carries forward into like other elements of your life. And it's so wonderful because, you know, we don't talk every day, but we are still, like, I would consider you family in in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways because it's
2: you go
1: through something as intense and as dedicated as being a full-time athlete, having that as your full-time job, that there is something that is just so unrelatable to a lot of people that we might know in our our other aspects of our life. So that part is really cool too because, like, you and Soph are going to be friends till the end of time like you guys are going to be golden girls you you maya <laughs> and sofa are just going to be golden girls little old ladies on a couch together um,
2: <laughs> hey we got and val and laurianne in there too <laughs> yes
1: true this is true i cannot exclude them at all um but yeah it's true like it's that's just the the kind of thing that our sport creates and that's just such a blessing that we have being in sport in general and in our sports specifically.
0: I'm just going to let you guys know that I'm going to start a retirement home for freestyle ski athletes and coaches. <laughs> Wait, and, uh, can I sign what a up? Vibe. You guys are invited. It's going to be somewhere warm. Uh, <laughs> there's going to be lots of activities. There'll be, you know, there'll be slower activities, but faster <laughs> ones too. you know, keep us active in our old age. I'm shuffleboard. This board, is a great shuffleboard. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great idea. We'll go on cruises. We need to live near the ocean. Mm, Spikeball. Yeah i'm yeah. there sitting yeah exactly
2: <laughs> i don't know if i'll be able to do cycle with my knees but hmm. they're holding it's, up uh,
0: <laughs> the name that's coming to me is sean's super awesome S- retired ski community yes there you go i sean's
2: <laughs> super awesome retired ski community
0: yeah that's so berkeley what are you doing after
2: sport well um i don't know for about like the 30 years but like after that i'm going to go to sean's retirement um home who's that i'm gonna eat jello
0: and play shuffleboard (laughs) listen Listen, linda Linda, listen listen Yeah. Well, I think we should ask you some fun questions cuz we I feel like we've we've done some serious talking, which is awesome, but I like to know. I think the listeners probably want to know some fun stuff about Berkeley too. Yay. Yay. Should we do the lightning round? Do Let's do the, do the lightning, lightning round. round. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to go first and we'll we'll take it in turns to ask you the questions. Are you ready, Berkeley Brown? I am ready at the top. Okay. <laughs> We're never going to get through the lightning round. We're just going to be laughing at each other. (laughs) Okay,
2: mogul skiing. Here we go.
1: Favorite. Okay. Like the most seductive voice, like mogul skiing. No,
2: it's mogul skiing. (laughs) I'm a mogul skier. I don't know. Sorry.
0: Okay. Lightning round. Here we go. Focus. Are you ready? Focus. Focus. Dialed in. Okay. Favorite movie? (laughs) (laughs) Right off the hop, we blanked her. um, Favorite movie? Why? It's funny because I gave you this list. Um, To be fair, I read it to you this morning, which was hours ago now. And and I only read it to you, I didn't give it to you. So I am kind of throwing you in at the deep end. I apologize.
2: Here we go. Ask me again. I'm ready. Okay.
0: Favorite movie? Mamma Mia. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Come on. I like it. Dancing Queen,
2: oh, all on that. Dancing
0: Queen. I just like all the singing.
2: Yeah, yeah, sweet, oh, yeah. me. Oh, the Oh, <laughs> 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 the seventy.
0: Yeah. Oh, what a. Cl- now I want to watch that tonight. Okay. So, mm, yeah. Uh, That's a feel my, good movie right there. Dan- yeah. Mamma mm, Mia. My evening viewing is sorted. All right. Lexa, you're up. All right. Okay. Very serious question. Um,
2: <laughs> what is your your go to order at Starbucks? Oat milk latte, one pump vanilla. Oh, yeah. Spicy. I know. <laughs> and I'm a venti girl. Sorry.
0: <gasps> okay. Sorry. Guys. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'll just
0: like I'll just it. let that slide. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next question, last meal you ate that exploded your taste buds
2: exploded it in a good way
0: in a good way, yeah, like like you loved it, you were like, oh yeah, this is the best meal I've ever eaten,
2: oh, that is a hard one. I'm gonna have <laughs> to say, you know, so weird, but samurai shushi, sushi oh. sushi sushi <laughs> sushi, I dug myself a hole for that one, Samurai oh. sushi is um. It's a, it's a great treasure in Whistler. So I oh, would yeah. have to say samurai sushi. However, now that I've mentioned Whistler, I've uh, eaten at Sophie Crepe Montaigne. Uh, Crepe mm, Montaigne. Delicious. And, um, They're grape, so good. Yeah, tickles They're my so taste buds. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All righty. Okay. Um, dream destination slash vacation? Um, Zermatt
2: uh not training so zermatt for a vacation yeah i'm really looking forward to going there as a retired athlete
0: (laughs) would you go winter or summer
2: winter yeah going to ski free ski and enjoying um yeah just free skiing i think i'm only there when there's uh, just the mold course up kind of so uh, i'm really Mm. excited to go there see the town under snow and that's my dream destination
0: yeah love Mm -hmm. it Okay favorite song to warm up to like to do your warm up um <laughs> life is a highway <laughs> yep
2: rascal flats cars
0: movie
2: i that's Ooh. me yeah, yeah.
0: that's life a good version a i want to ride, ride it all it. night long yeah <laughs> it's funny because we weren't all singing well, no. at the same time <laughs> <so I laughs> sound, <so>. <laughs>
2: But yeah, I love that song. It gets me instantly in a good mood. Um, I think my friends are annoyed by that song because I play it nice. so much. But Who guess cares? what? It makes me feel good. So
1: <laughs> that's I all like that's it. important in yes. any of that. Okay. Um, do you have a pre-competition ritual? Um, no.
2: No way. <laughs> so okay. that's actually a, one thing. Um, I'm very – I was really superstitious as a kid. So I, a kid, I'm still a kid. I was very superstitious. <laughs> so I actually kind of went the opposite route as I didn't want to have a calm ritual because just in case, Hey, what happens? You can't do it. I'm going to be superstitious about it. So I do have a key thing. You know, I, I do have key things I do before my run as to get into focus, but I don't have a ritual like a dance move or a song or putting my boots right, left or anything like that. Okay. Yeah. But I do always dance before. Come on. Alexa knows that. Dance so. party. Dance party. Yeah. But that yeah.
1: was my, my pre-competition ritual. That's for sure. I would dance literally right up until the point that they said, three, two, one, go. And to be <laughs> fair, like there was a strategy to it because I overthink like no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. and so – by dancing the theory behind it. And it worked for me was that I would take like the negative energy of like the stress and anxiety of competing and I would turn it into something positive and it would completely distract my brain. Yeah. So people saw me dancing at the top. I looked like an idiot. Um, But it worked. No, for me. So you didn't I look did like an idiot. Care. I joined <laughs> mean, in. Like, that's true. That is true. But I mean, like I'm sure there was moments where Dave would be trying to like give me pointers in the start gate. And I, at one point I would turn to him and be like, Dave, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> like, I'm fully in the zone.
2: Well, we don't have to put this in the podcast, but come on. Pointers in the start mm-hmm. <laughs> Please can we keep that in? <laughs> <Dave>. <laughs> I Honestly, say, by
0: because...
2: that point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel kind of sorry for Dave having to deal with like, yeah (laughs) both of you two like dancing and like just being crazy and Dave, I can just imagine Dave Uh, being like oh come mm -mm. on (laughs) no I have
1: plenty of videos of Dave dancing himself okay I have one specific video I think it's at Valsey Calm and he has the screwdriver that he normally carries in his like little pouch yeah and he's singing into it I don't know what song it it was I think it was an Elvis song so he's got like his upper lip like drawn he's like
2: Ah. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: I'll go dig it out. I wish you guys could just like see it.
2: what Alexa looked like. Doing
0: that. <laughs> that was a great impression of Thank Dave you. doing an impression of Elvis. Elvis. Well done. Yeah, so <laughs>
2: pre-comp rituals don't have a specific one, but always be sure you're in a good mood when you're at the top. So, dancing. I
0: like it. Dancing is mm-hmm. a good one. I was going to say I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. <laughs> no no one got that uh, but it was to the sh- office. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to be quiet uh, and ask you the next question. Sh- <laughs> Actually, that is my favorite quote. So, what is your favorite quote, Berkeley? Um,
2: be comfortable being uncomfortable.
0: Oh, I like yes. that.
2: I think that's the biggest thing in sport is when you feel uncomfortable, you're you're improving cuz you're not mm-hmm. you're doing something new.
1: I also, love that. That's mm-hmm. awesome.
2: I love that. I didn't make okay. it up. I read it somewhere. But, <laughs> but yeah. No, no, no. That I one totally sticks believe with you me. were the
1: wise old owl that yeah. came
2: up with Be that one. Be
0: comfortable being
2: uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> was that a British accent book? <laughs> you know, I started it and then I was like, wait, I should know my craft. No, 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 no.
1: <laughs> you, need to, you need to hear the Australian one. That one is a good one. That one was a really good one. She had that on lock when we were in Australia. Like that was down pat. She had it. Yeah. Um very, very interesting question here. Uh what do you prefer, singles or duels? Singles.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. I actually know, I, I love duels. I really do. I, I do really love duels. But I think singles is um it's I mean it's the main thing we train for for sure. So I I just love singles. I think it's a time that you can really just, it's all under your control. So Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. singles. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, next question. Next question. I would like to say that I am very impressed that you chose a quote that was not like, I would just quote a movie if I was asked what my favorite quote was, or (laughs) as I did quote a TV show, but you actually quoted like an inspirational quote. And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm impressed. (laughs) Honestly, yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know a
2: quote be like oh, oh you know what's wise. another great quote co- quote be the person your dog thinks you are oh Whoa. yeah
1: yeah I'm sure Luna just sees well like any dog sees their owners like the moon and the stars and the sun and everything but yes. Luna but thinking especially
0: yeah so yeah I think two. you're fabulous. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I have been told that you typically have a theme song attached to most of your training camps, so or this is like a tradition. So, what was the theme song of your last training camp? <laughs> um, well, to be fair, I think we need to have like a little bit of backstory behind this. Okay, hit me because, with the backstory.
1: So, the backstory really is that Berkeley, like, is very much a music person in the sense that, like. She has music going. No, not necessarily (laughs) that. But like, you have music going as part of like what fills your energy. And the first camp that we ever did together back in like I don't know 2015 or something like that in Whistler, we're roommates, and cheerleader had just come out. (gasps) Yeah, so cheerleader became our alarm clock Uh, every single morning. But this kind of tradition it was very unintentional but this kind of tradition carried on where every single training camp would have a theme song australia i remember was um closer
2: yes yeah
1: yes exactly chain smokers closer um and literally anytime any one of these songs come on i have like immediate flashbacks
2: it's like a movie these songs hit and your eyes just go blank and you your whole camp is on a movie screen and you just watch it it's crazy it's it's weird because you don't you don't intend it to happen but a a song no exactly it's just all it takes is one training day where you have a little bit of low energy and this song just makes it makes you your energy just soar through the roof and it's like yep that song is going to be now playing for the next three weeks all the time (laughs) (laughs) The boys yeah.
1: got really, really annoyed of us having the ox cord. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, for
0: sure. <laughs> okay, so what was the theme song of your last training camp? Um, I
2: don't know when this podcast is released, but I think it's going to be the theme song of the world right now. But it's the, uh, it's Friday and it's Saturday, Sunday what? It's Friday and it's Saturday, Sunday what? Yes, <laughs> it's called Mufasa
0: yes have you not seen this alexa no oh my I gosh haven't.
1: and it was just why i'm staring blankly i'm like what is I was this? like why is alexa
0: not <laughs> singing with us because i as soon as you said it i was like oh my gosh i love that song
2: and it was so great too because we were in sunshine and every single um like uh slope slope team was there ski cross was there border cross was there um slope a uh, slope snowboard was there and i feel like everyone's song of that camp was friday
1: i'm gonna have to go listen to this now do i just like have I been living in a cave?
0: I'm I'm shocked that you haven't heard this, Alexa. I <laughs> have not. I have not. Is this like was this like a TikTok that came up? I don't even know. I don't I think it's a TikTok. He does them on like he puts them on YouTube. I think I don't know. I've seen it on. I guess I've just been social living social under a rock. Do you know where I've seen it? And I am surprised that you. This is why I'm surprised you hadn't. Is um, my favorite race car driver sings this over the radio at one of the one of the races last season. He's like they're like radio check and he goes it's friday then it's saturday sunday what and then he gets louder. oh my gosh i do remember
1: that now actually i never yeah. cute i never like put the two together but now that i think about it because we just watched the like most recent season of uh drive to survive Five, yeah yeah so now that you say that yes i am remembering it but i Also, kind of like in my head, that was just Lando's song, like just something like what you do when you want Jeff to clean the dishes—you make up a little tune. Um
0: (laughs) (laughs) One day, I will release the the dishes. I will release the dishes song on a as in a solo single, my first single. I will release it. Berkeley Brown is going to do my uh, backing vocals and uh, dancing, and um, yeah, you guys will all be, you know so happy that i did it (laughs) i'm gonna be happy i'll be there i'll
2: download it i'll pay for it
0: i'll I'll be there (laughs) i don't think i don't think we're gonna be quite at the level of having to pay for it but uh, (laughs) you know hey that'd be nice that's not the attitude you like (laughs) i like that luna Mm -hmm. has joined us for the end of the podcast yes hi luna Aww, this
1: is fabulous. Luna, say hi. Hi. Luna's like, um, excuse you, but you're stealing my mom for way too long. I'm I sorry. I haven't had attention Luna. in 25 minutes oh and I'm over
0: it. Luna <laughs> but- knows. Is I was going to say to the end of your, like that, that was your kind of the last camp theme song. This is like currently my Friday theme song. Every Friday I play it every Friday <laughs> yeah. at the moment. Cause I love it so much. And it's like getting me like hyped up for the weekend, usually hyped up to watch a Formula One race. Cause I'm like literally obsessed with Formula One. So, um, yeah, that's, yeah. that's it. That's all I had to say. Alexa, yeah. there's one more question. <laughs> oh, there's <laughs> another question. Here we go. One last more. We got last one final time. question. Last one. Last one.
1: Um, if you could meet someone famous, who could it be?
2: I had all day to think about this. (laughs)
0: Um, (laughs) I, I knew this one was coming and I forgot about it.
2: (laughs) Um, I think I would want to meet Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. Ooh. But I would want to meet Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. Like the character, Yeah very
1: mm. very funny
2: dad energy yes mm-hmm. he modern family is something that i watch every <laughs> single day after training
0: it's I'm on sorry. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm just thinking about the episode where he buys the llama and i'm laughing so hard right now <laughs> see
2: phil Dunphy energy but Sean is also obsessed with alpacas.
1: So, of yeah, course, Lomit that is, is, Skulls, that is that where my her episode. brain went when you said
0: Phil <laughs> oh Dumpy. It's like
1: Phil Dumpy. Plus alpaca.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he walks the llama down the driveway. I'm just like, yes, this is the best.
2: Answer. Yeah, I think Phil Duffy. That's that's for sure. He's so funny, and Modern Family is the best show to watch when you're stretching. So mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> just yes. like very easy to have on. Yes. No thought process needed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that is all we have for quick fire. It neat. was quick fire, lightning round. Get lightning round. Sorry. I had pretty show.
2: lengthy <laughs> answers though. So I don't know how lightning we that. those were, but. One more Lightning-ish.
0: Lightning-ish. Lightning-ish. I mean, to be fair, when Alexa and I did this, it was definitely oh, yeah. lightning-ish and not uh-huh. like. Fast as lightning. So, you know, you're all good. Oh, We're both God.
1: very narcissistic. So, we do like talking about ourselves. So, of course, it <laughs> took forever. It took forever.
0: Oh, That's why we started a podcast. That's yeah. the only reason. Just to oh, hear ourselves
1: talk. Just to hear ourselves talk.
2: No, you
0: started a podcast
2: <laughs> to embrace women in sport and talk about all of your great, great, what's the word? Uh, why am I blanking well, in the world? Else? No. Um, <laughs>
0: What <laughs> word are you trying to say?
1: <laughs> you were so on to something and I was going to be like, dance straight. And then you lost it.
0: <laughs> experiences.
2: Experiences. I, I it. You I guys started dance. a podcast to share with the world. All your guys is great woman in sport experiences. Well, mm, really right. we started
0: a podcast so that you could share your experiences yeah. and we could just, you know, like pick them apart and, and ask you questions about them and yeah we could
2: be here for and- hours honestly <laughs> we really could
0: <laughs> I, think, uh, well, that, yeah. I i i think it, unless alexa you want to ask any more questions i think that Brings us to the end of all. I got her phone number. If I need to ask a question, I'll ask it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, um, Berkeley, do you put your left ski
0: on first
2: or your right? Mm -hmm,
0: Exactly. Which poles, uh, which way around do you hold your poles? How how long
1: do you keep your strands out of your (laughs) helmet? Mm.
2: (laughs) Girl power.
0: Girl power. okay well thank you so much was for, fun.
2: this was thank really you fun guys so much for having me um thank you for being our first guest yes i hope to be back i hope to be back in the oh, near future we'll, we'll
1: definitely have you back absolutely yes.
2: yeah Amazing. you'll be a,
1: you'll be a season regular
2: exactly monthly uh not monthly
1: you'll be like jennifer aniston on the ellen show just like always yes, there always there i am
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to hear her roar. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to the Apple Podcast app if that's where you listen to your podcasts and leave us a review and a cheeky five-star rating. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.